Psalms 24 and 8 says, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and even lift them up the everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. You're standing under an open heaven. You're getting ready to experience the best season of your life. certain moments that define you and this Kairos moment that was predestined before the chronos of time we seize this moment under heaven and present to the world the sound from inside of God's servant for the first time ever we present Ashley Marie sing daughter Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all who are with us again. God be praised for all that he has done to all of you just walking in uh, to what we call the uh, classroom of new life. Again, we are excited to have you back with us. God be praised for the great things that he has done. Our God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Um, I say to people so often, you don't know uh, how good the Lord has been. Uh, maybe you do know. And so if that be the case again, then the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. So we are thankful to God again for his continued blessings that he showers with day in and day out. We are excited again to be back in the house of the Lord. Here we are the last Sunday in May uh, of 20 and 22. And again, we are again thankful to God that he has spared our lives. Here we are getting ready to move into the sixth month of the year of 20 and 22. Uh, again, again, we serve a good God. So let me again give a quick shout out to our virtual listeners in Washington, Kansas, Mississippi, Nashville, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, California, uh, North and South Carolina, Indiana, Illinois, Chicago. Uh, again, we are thankful to our, our virtual listeners in um, Portage, Ann Arbor, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Bay City, Midland, Flint, Pontiac, and Detroit. We have listeners that watch us very consistently in all of those places in Thailand as well. And so we always want to acknowledge you and say we thank God that you tune in. We thank God for your support. We thank God for all that you do. It means a lot to us to know that this ministry has reached or moved beyond the city of Saginaw, and it is reaching and saving souls throughout the land. So again, we're thankful to all of you that join us. Uh, again, this is the Memorial Day weekend. Um, it is customary for the Memorial Day weekend. Dr. Dr. Rufus Bradley Sr., um, Mission in the City Memorial Park will be closed tomorrow. Be closed tomorrow. However, on Tuesday, May the 31st, we will do what we call our official grand opening. 
we've got uh, a couple uh, bikes that we'll be giving away, some gift cards. We're doing HIV testing. There'll be a survey taken where if you take the survey, you're entered in a raffle for a $250 gift card. We've got $10 gift cards we'll be giving away to the tune of three or $400 worth. We'll be giving away a flat screen TV and an Xbox. And Sister Pat Bell says she's going to be trying to game for that Xbox. Uh, she's, a, she's what we call a gamer. And so she's going to be jockeying for that Xbox. So y'all better look out. All right, y'all better look out. Got some hot dogs and some other little knickknacks that we'll be doing. But again, this is just our official opening. We're excited again to have the park open. Your giving to the park is so critical. It's so critical. We know right now we've got a lot of things that we've been doing a lot of work over the last several years, but we've still got a lot of work that needs to be done. So if you can give $5, $10, $100, $1,000, $5,000, whatever, it matters. Your giving matters. Uh, we've got some work that needs to be done. Uh, pray for us. We're submitting grants for this ARPA funding or the American Rescue Plan funding. Uh, we don't know how it's going to play out because it's a very competitive piece, um, but we're going to do the very best that we can. So I want you to be praying for that. The deadline for a lot of those grants is Tuesday. Uh, they only gave us like a two-week window to submit proposals, and then there is a screening process. Um, let me come back and remind you that the city of Saginaw received $52 million. The city decided they're going to keep $26 million, which means that the other $26 million will be used for citizen-directed things. Okay? Um, and so I've said this from day one. I'll keep saying it again and again. If we're not careful, this side of this community will look the same because we chose not to do anything. So I'm choosing to do something. I'm submitting information. I'm submitting for grants. Um, and I know it's a competitive piece, uh, but I'm still praying that we will, fin we will win some of those dollars so that we can do some things in this part of the vineyard. Okay, we'll keep trying to look. We know we want to do some housing in this area, if the Lord say so. Uh, we want to do that, so we'll keep buying, purchasing what we have to so we can position ourselves. Uh, we don't want this place to look like a jungle. Um, and if it means us buying it and simply cutting the grass to keep it looking nice, we'll do what we have to do. All right, that's just how we roll here. All right, so again, keep that in mind. June the 4th is next Saturday. June the 4th is the... Teacher Summit in Pontiac, Michigan, the Wolverine State Congress will be doing that. It's called Teaching in Uncharted Territory. We've got some national uh, speakers that's going to be with us on that day. You can do it virtual. You don't have to travel in that direction. We know about gas prices and all of the above, so you can do it virtually simply by getting with, again, Trinell. He will give you the link so that you are connected, all right? He is a presenter next week and so we certainly want to make sure that we support our own all right want to keep that in mind as we go forward during the month of june again we said we are we are turning the corner in terms of things going on in our in our church uh, our transportation ministry is going to be up and running we hope uh, within the next week to give you um, what we call uh, our COVID criteria if you need a ride if you want to ride, we want to make sure that you have that so you know what we'll be asking. Uh, we are working on, again, some technology to go in uh, our vans, uh, uh, video cameras and things of that nature uh, to protect our drivers uh, against uh, the people that can't halfway drive. But to make sure, again, we make sure everybody on the bus is safe. All right, so we're going to invest that money because we know that needs to be happening just like it is with our building. We are getting ready. Uh, in September to go back full, full, uh, full fledged into every classroom. All right, that's the game plan right now. We're working on the the classes. You'll be able to register for the classes in August, and then we'll start them. Now, part of that means because we've got a virtual audience that we want that virtual audience to be in the classrooms as well. So we're working on, again, televisions. We're working on laptops. We've got to have those to have the virtual connection uh, to the tune of about four or $5,000, all right? So I'm saying that so you know, you, I want you to see that your money is working for you 
but I also want you to sow a seed to help us with that. Okay, if you can sow a seed to help us get those items, that would be great. Simply put it in your giving um, as uh, education technology so we know what it's for and it will go towards that. We've got to have a TV in every room. We've got to have technology. We've got to have Zoom capability, all of the above. Um, but that's, again, a necessity as we get ready to move in that area. Keep praying for our sick and shut in. Uh, keep praying again. This past week, uh, again, we had um, uh, Sister Heather Mims, Sister Tanya Stewart, uh, again, Sister Studevin, Brother Ferris, uh, our individuals that I'm aware of in this last uh, week or so. I, I could be forgetting some people, which sometimes I do do, uh, but I know that they were dealing with uh, loss of a loved one. Uh, pray for Mother Jackson. Uh, my mother Jackson had a fall a couple days ago. Um, and she is doing well, uh, again, so we should be praying for her. Pray for, again, uh, individuals that have been out. Sister Sherry Jones, uh, I believe, is fully recovered, although she's not been back yet. I think she's fully recovered. Sister Veda Weston is doing well. Uh, Sister Linda Brewer, uh, when she first got here this morning, did a two-step without her cane. And so we know that she's doing fairly decent. Um, and to all of you, uh, again, to all of you, we're grateful to have you back uh, in our facility. So that's what's going on. We expect uh, our middle, middle, uh, middle school students to come back full force this month. Um, the Sunday of Father's Day, that morning, we will do our um, student recognition if you're graduating, if you've uh, excelled in classes, if you've gotten awards during the Sunday school hour, we will acknowledge you. To, right, to my knowledge right now, we've got two high school graduates, K.J. Yancey and Anthony uh, Land, uh, that we'll be acknowledging. We've got one college graduate, uh, Jada, um, Jada Smith. Um, and again, again, we celebrate all of you uh, for the great work that you are doing. So those are some of the things. Uh, the end of the month, the end of the month, uh, the end of the month, again, we will take a moment to celebrate the past fourth pastoral anniversary. Uh, and again, we're looking forward to that just as well. Those are some of the things that's going on this month. Your support is critical. Let me remind you, let me remind you of a couple of things. Uh, number one, I want to remind you that um, again, we are doing some different things with our security here in the building. Uh, so please be aware of that. Um, we are trying to keep doors locked now, uh, and we really want people to come to the front. I know for some of you that are challenged with walking, the best thing you can do is park as close as you can uh, to the front. We're still adjusting how to do this, so don't think this is the only way in. Uh, we've got to have people to help us with the doors and things of that nature. But with the last two shootings, there's been two shootings uh, in the last week and a half, uh, one in a church and one where 21 lives were taken. Okay, And we're hearing more about that now, about how they responded, um, and that's going to be devastating as well. I'll say this as we get ready to get started. I'll lift this quote again because it's important. This is by Miroslav Volf, V-O-L-F, and this is what he says. There is something deeply hypocritical about praying for a problem you are unwilling to solve. You have the ability to do it but you choose not to do it, okay? Um, something so simple as a nationwide background check. What's happening right now is, again, this gun issue is being deflected to, well, we need to protect our schools. And so we'll do more for the schools. Nothing about the guns. It's being deflected, and it's going to be a campaign issue, and I promise you what's going to happen is a good game is going to be talked until I can get in office. And then after I'm in office, it'll solely ride away. You get it, okay? So I'm saying to you at this point, as I've always said, I'm not trusting man. I'm trusting God. We know and hear this very clear. This is Satan's playground. This is his playground. 
All right. And we have to understand that. And so even though we want justice, remember, this is his playground. So you may not see it. We need to pray and we need to do everything we can. Call our legislators, uh, talk to our city government officials, uh, talk to the board officials about what they're doing. We need to do our part. But I'm still saying until guns don't kill, people kill. And so we've got to do some things to ensure that people who are demon-possessed don't get access to guns. Now, I don't know the details about this one in Texas, but it's my understanding that this young man, within two days, was able to purchase these guns and then go out and shoot. What do you need an AK-47 for? We're not at war with anybody. And you certainly won't shoot an animal with it because you won't have no meat left when, you finish, when the bullets finish with it. So the bottom line is we got to be praying. Sister Tina Smith and all of the above, Sister Blanche Williams, all of you that had loved ones pass away again, we're praying for you as we move forward. Okay? Glad to have uh, Deacon James R. York back in the house. I said that's the Deacon James R. York. Yeah, yeah, the Deacon James R. York. We're glad to have him. The community garden is taking shape over there. It looks pretty decent. Uh, so, again, we thank God for that uh, and for all of you. Hey, we've got, again, some of the world's foremost theologians par excellence with us today in the person of Deacon Damian Yancey and Deacon Chris Tatum. Uh, we've got, again, some great news to share with you at the 11 o'clock hour uh, as it relates to them. Um, and so, again, we're looking forward to that. And to all of you, we're grateful. The subject, again, today that we're dealing with um, is walking by faith series, being stretched by God. Uh, to strengthen my faith, all right? Being stretched by God to strengthen my faith. I always want to come back. Um, there's always this caption that you see us show you all the time of this elephant climbing this tree. I admire this elephant because this elephant made his mind up. He was going to climb this tree. In regards to the fact that it's bent over, you can see him still climbing, all right? That's, that's tremendous, to have your faith stretched. All of us, if we live long enough, are going to have our faith stretched. All right? It doesn't always feel good because you're always uncomfortable. One of the things that I've said, I keep want to keep repeating, uh, Sis Brooks, is, you know, for the believer, you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay? You have to be comfortable knowing or not knowing what's going to happen, but knowing that God is in control. All right. I use the analogy often of being on a plane. Okay. Doesn't matter how turbulent that it gets. I've never seen you get up there and tell the, the, the pilot to get out and let you drive. I mean, think about this, Sis Henry. I don't care how bad it gets. When that pilot say, put that seatbelt on, what do you do? You put that. When he say, turn everything off, what you do? Well, why don't you do the same thing when God say, trust me? Huh? Uh, you, you get the analogy? It's amazing. You know, it's amazing that, you know, when it comes to trusting God, we've always got a reason why we don't believe everything he says. And I found out that in some areas we trust God and in some areas we don't trust God. All right. And that's part of strengthening our faith. OK, as a church, I keep saying, keep believing that this community belongs to new life. I say that by faith because there again, I trust God. God's going to open up the windows of heaven. We're going to have standing room only in our services. It's going to be to a point where we've got to add on to this building and, and ministries and classrooms. And we're going to have the finances to do everything we need to do because all it takes is mustard seed faith to believe that. All right. Now. Faith without works is dead. So we can say amen and clap and give God a standing ovation, but if you ain't going to do nothing to make it happen, it ain't going to happen. It ain't nothing but, listen, it ain't nothing but just, just hot air going in there. And trust me right now, it's going to be hot today. We'll need no more hot air. All right? So at the end of the day, I think it's important, and I want to just go back and lift, and, and Ding Yancey, you can help me on page one, uh, Ding team as well. Uh, there again, uh, Ding Yancey, let's just read that first, number one, the first quote. Let's read that first quote, uh, Ding Tatum, if you can be prepared to read number seven. If you can read the first one for us, Ding Yancey. 
never assume God's silence or apparent inactivity is evidence of his disinterest. Mm -hmm. With God, even when nothing is happening, something is happening. There you go. All right. Even when you don't think God is doing something, God is already doing something. Can I just say it again, says Meekins? Your problems are already solved. Let me say it again so y'all can get it. Your problems are already solved. You're just catching up with what we call God's divine time for your problem to be solved. God is already at the end of time. All your problems have already been solved. You just got to catch up with time. Now, between the time that your problem is solved and you encounter the problem is what we call the stretch zone. The stretch zone is where God stretches your faith. Okay, it don't feel good because you listen. How many of y'all like suffering? Raise your hand. Anybody? Nobody likes suffering. Nobody like being sick. Oh. But in the word, it says, be not surprised that you suffer. In other words, he says, don't think it's strange that you're going through some stuff. It's part of your walk with God, but it's part of what we call the stretch zone. The stretch zone is where God now takes you and removes you out of your place of comfort to make you uncomfortable so you can grow more. You will never grow until your faith is put in the fire. Plain and simple. All right. A chicken will never be a chicken you can eat unless it's put in the heat. Right. You'll never you'll never get you'll never get the best uh, you can out of tea unless it's put in hot water. And the longer it's put in hot water, the more it gives off its flavor. See, we don't like being in hot water. We want problems solved yesterday. Matter of fact, we think we can solve everything. God said, huh, y'all got jokes because y'all can't solve a thing without me. All right? So we got to learn how to do that. Go ahead, uh, Dignity number seven. Read that for us. Nowhere in the Bible does God speak defensively or seek our approval for his actions. Mm. He simply says, trust me. There it is. All right. Now, I, I get it. You know, we've been, we've been trained to learn how to handle Well, you're a big boy now. You can handle this. Okay, you don't need anybody to walk you to school. You know, you're an adult now. You got to act like an adult. So we've been trained to really disconnect from our parents and everybody and do things on our own. The problem with that is God doesn't need you to do that. God says, trust me. Y'all know Proverbs 3, 5, and 7? What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own stinking thinking. And all your ways acknowledge him and he shall. God said, I don't need your help. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I'm, I mean, where was you at when I said let the heavens and earth be? Where was you at when I stood out on nothing and called something into existence? Where was you at when I put the stars in the sky? Where was you at when I told the four seasons, okay, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Now, y'all keep that order until I come back, okay? You wasn't there then. So if God can do all that, what make you think he needs your little help? So sometimes, brother Sam, we got to learn how to practice the ministry of sit down somewhere. Sometimes we got to practice this, Hayes, Haynes, this ministry of be quiet. Because sometimes it's only when you learn to be quiet that you can see the salvation of the Lord. Let me, let me give you one more to think about. Uh, number 10, uh, uh, Deacon uh, Roscoe, if you can help us with that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I, while I'm thinking about Deacon Roscoe, keep his mom in prayers as well. Uh, I know she had some surgery this past week, so we certainly want to keep her lifted and prayer just as well. Number 10 says this, keep faith. The most amazing things in life tend to happen right at the moment you are about to give up hope. Just when you're about to give up, that's when God's timing kicks in. Or let me say it another way, that's when you catch up with God's timing. Um, you know, we got this phrase that we say often, he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. That ain't true. All right. He may not listen at the phrase, says Sims. He may not come when you want him. We suggest that God didn't went somewhere. And yet the Bible says trust says God is everywhere at the same time. He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. 
is biblically incorrect because God is omnipresent, which means, says Marshall, he is here, there, and everywhere. Now, it sounds good. All right? It sounds good. It's a song. You know, and we didn't sing this song before. All right? But it ain't biblical. It's not biblically correct. All right? So there again, the purpose of life development is so that we can make sure we're tweaking our lives to make sure that we are operating according to Scripture. So there's a couple things that we told you. I want to just kind of run us through them real quickly and get us where we need to be. Uh, if God is stretching our faith, I want to jump through uh, some of the little nuggets that we gave you. Uh, what does God want? Uh, why does God want to stretch our faith? We talked about those. God may want you to do something. And where you are right now may not be, you may not be in a position to be strong enough mentally, physically, uh, financially, spiritually to handle what God wants you to do. So sometimes God has to stretch us. A baby would love to put his mouth on some chicken. Okay, but until he gets some chompers in his mouth. Okay. So the chompers have to grow. Now, when the chompers are growing, the teeth are growing. For those that don't understand chompers, it don't feel good. When them teeth start coming in, they get, they get diarrhea. They get, a, they, get, they get a temperature. Their gums hurt. They crying all the time. They irritable. But once they get in, it's like heaven. Because now they can tear that bone up. They can have that bone and just do what they need to do. But they had to go through something to get there. What is God asking you to do? What is God getting you prepared to do? And sometimes you don't always know what God is doing, okay? But you know in the end God wants you to do something. Uh, number two, we said that God may want you to stop doing something. Sometimes we got some behaviors that don't please God that we didn't grow up with. Like we gossip too much, all right? All right. We always up in there. But God said, you know, how are you going to be a prime witness for me if, you know, you can't stop gossiping? Because gossiping kills your witness because people view you as messy. Right. Y'all got real quiet right there. All right. You, you be, and people know, OK, here she come. Y'all be quiet. Ain't that what they say? When they see you coming, they'll change the subject real quick. And you know they didn't change it because all of a sudden they came and get this. They, now all of a sudden they're talking about the weather. All right? So sometimes God, uh, God may want you to stop doing something. Number three, uh, he tells us, or letter C, he tells us God may want to give you something. But you may not be prepared to handle it. God may want to give you a promotion. He may want to give you a house. He may want to give you a car. But why would God give you a house when you can't keep your apartment clean? Why would God give you a car or a new car and you won't take care of the car that God gave you? That car ain't been washed in the last three years. We think the color on it right now is the actual color. No, that's the dirt that didn't build up on it over the last five years. All right. You ain't even washed the car. All right. God may want to give you something. He may want to put you in a position where you can be a blessing to others. But until you learn how to be a good steward over what God has given you, he's not going to give it to you. All right. Uh, 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 number number four, uh, if you will, um, God may want you to stop saying something. Some things you say may not be appropriate, and it's the way you say them sometimes. God may want you to stop saying certain things because they don't fit the situation. All right? So there again, God is telling us to watch our lips. Be careful. You don't always have to give your two cents. Right? We don't always need your opinion. You're not always right. All right. And some things you say you may think is right, but they're really not right. They're really just your emotions acting on behalf of your mouth. That's what they really are. All right. So sometimes God said we got to learn how to just be quiet. Practice the ministry of silence. All right. Number four, if you will, we said that God may want you to sell something and sell something really means that God may want you to use your influence to help other people. All right. Who do you influence? All right. Oh, Ding Roscoe is telling me that's number six. Did I, miss, did, I move, did I miss one, Ding Roscoe? You just got number six on it. Well, it don't matter. Y'all see it anyway. God may want you to sell something. 
There is a, a phrase out there that says that the average person has a spear, a circle of about 250 people that they can influence, which means that you have some ability to influence people uh, in that circle. Now, think about this, and let's do some quick math. If I can influence 250 people, and Brother Ernie can influence 250 people, and Sister Trust can influence 250 people, that's 750 people. Imagine if all 230 members of this church influence their 250 people to accept Christ. What would this ministry look like? And I realize that some of our circles overlap. So let's just drop the number down to 100. Let's just say there's 100 people in your circle unsaved that you have influence over. Imagine what would happen if 230 people influenced 100 people. You can, you can do the math, right? I tell a story often about this preacher uh, who had friends he golfed with on Mondays. That was his favorite pastime. And on this particular Sunday, after 20 years of golfing with these guys, one of the guys comes and says, man, yesterday uh, I went to church and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. And the preacher says, man, that's fantastic. That's great. He says, I only got one question for you. Why in the last 20 years did you not tell me about Jesus? He had the ability to influence, and yet he chose not to. You have the ability to influence people to get in ministry. You have the ability to influence people to accept Christ. You have the ability to help people get over issues, and yet you choose not to do that. Now, influencing doesn't always mean that it's going to be easy because anytime you challenge somebody's mindset, they're going to differ with you. But it's our job to help influence people. Not only uh, does God may want us to sell something, God may want you to buy something. And presumably for a person or ministry in need. Now, the last time we said that, we heard a whole bunch of crickets. Because I'm not spending my money on nobody and nothing. I mean, that's the mindset. I ain't spending my money as tight as it is. And no, I don't think God telling me to go buy nothing for nobody. That's why some people will never advance in ministry. And that's why some people will never get things beyond what they have. Because until you're willing to give away what you have, you'll never get what God has coming for you. So for us, at some point, we've got to understand, God may tell you to be a blessing to this new family that just moved next door to you. You're single. You're on your own. The Lord has blessed you to retire. Your kids are grown. You're, you're financially well off. You got a bunch of clothes and everything in the house, and yet you won't give them because them kids then tore up your flowers. Right? Them kids been playing basketball and the basketball and came over and tore up your rose bush and they even bust the window. They didn't do it on purpose. But them old bad kids, I can't get no sleep. They out there making all that doggone noise. I can't watch my, I can't watch my soap operas. Every time I look around, they running in my yard. They up on my porch. What you on my porch for? Get on over there on your own porch. All right? And the Lord now tells you to take them clothes that used to belong to your son and daughter and go next door and be a blessing. And you saying, that can't be the Lord. That must have been some bad tacos I had last night. That cannot have been the Lord, I'm telling you. All right? That's stretching your faith. God may tell you to sow a seed in the ministry that you've never sown before. Some of you did that earlier this year. That's why we were able to reach that goal. Okay, we not only reached that twenty-five thousand dollars, we went over by about three or four thousand dollars because we challenge you to sow a seed. Now that may not be the last time we need that. We may need you to sow another seed. Now, Reverend, now look, now I didn't already sow as much as I'm going to do this year. Don't expect no more. See, it's not up to us. That's God, and God may tell you what to sow. All right, and you got to be willing to trust God no matter what. All right. God may want you to start something. All right. God may want you to start something to help young people in your area. 
All right. There again, God may use you or let me use a phrase that I keep saying God may impress upon your heart to do something that that needs to be done in your neighborhood. Anybody got some dilapidated houses in your area? Anybody got somebody that don't quite take care of their grass, an older person that cannot cut it? And they're at, the, they're at the whim of somebody that come by every other week and cut it, and they don't halfway cut it correct? Maybe God is saying to you, maybe you need to go down and do something. Maybe her snow is not shoveled. Okay? Uh, maybe God is trying to get you to start something. Maybe with a person in your inner circle. But you'll never know that. Remember now, God is doing the impressing. It's up to us to follow so, so we want to pick up there today, and I want to move us into this piece because there again, God is trying to get us to this point where um, God wants to move us. So in this piece, and I want to in particular, I want to lift a person. His name is Moses. Anybody know Moses? All right. Moses. Moses was a person. We've got two we want to look at today, Moses and Gideon. All right, anybody know Gideon? All right, so here Moses is. Moses has been given this assignment by God, all right? After he is a fugitive on the road, uh, on the run, uh, he has killed someone. He's now out as a shepherd for Jethro, taking care of his sheep, and he sees this bush that is burning uh, on fire, but it's not burning up. That's his first encounter with God. God said, look, I want you to go back to the very place you ran from and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So if God were to tell you to do that, what would you be thinking right about now? Uh, wait a minute, God. Um, I killed somebody. Remember, they got, they got me on the FBI's most warning list. And you want me to go back. All right? So what does he do? Uh, it, it can help me with this, uh, Dean Tatum, uh, Exodus, um, uh, there again, um, there's some interesting things that happens with Moses when he has this encounter with God. Uh, and if you want to follow there again, it's Exodus chapter 4. We won't read the whole thing. Uh, I'll just read verse uh, 1, 2, uh, 1, 2, and 3 uh, of this text. Uh, and just kind of get you to see how Moses responds when God wants him to start something. God wants him to start a movement, a liberation movement. Go get my people out of Egypt. And what does he say? Watch what Moses says when God talked to him. Go ahead, Dean Tatum. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Hmm. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Mm. And Moses fled from it. Okay, you can stop right there. Now, you see, when, see what Moses did? When Moses threw that thing down and became a snake, Moses ran from it himself, didn't he? Did you see what Moses said in that text? Moses used some words that we often use when we are reluctant to start or do something. But God, what if? All right? The word there that we use so often is but. We always got a but, and we got to learn how to get rid of the but. All right. The but keeps us from doing what God has called us to do. So that was the first time that he was trying to get out of his assignment. Uh, help me, Deacon Yancey, down verse number 10. Um, there again, help us read that. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, eloquent, eloquent uh -huh. even, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech. So now he's trying to use his speech impediment as a reason. But 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 God, I, you know you 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 probably you you know you you probably need to get somebody else because I you know I don't you know I gotta talk too fast and people ain't gonna get me and I ain't gonna be trying to do this with Pharaoh. Pharaoh ain't gonna be listening to me. Pharaoh gonna think I'm on crack or something because I'm speaking so fast. Okay, he tried to use it again. There again, he's trying to get out of the assignment, 
And the Lord asked him a question in verse 11 and said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? All right, now watch what God says. Now God says, now therefore go and I will be your mouth. Y'all see that? And teach you what you shall say. God said, you ain't even got to worry about saying, I'll tell you what to say. I'll put it in your mouth. All right, what am I saying to y'all? Stop trying to figure out what you need to say to somebody that God is leading you to to start something. God said, look, trust me, I'll put in your mouth what you need to have. All right, now watch this, verse 13, Dean Tatum, because there again, here Moses is not only once, twice, but three times, he's trying to get out his assignment. Says Blanche, it amazes me, but that's just like us. Watch what he says in verse 13. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Mm. So now he's trying to say, okay, Lord, just get somebody else. <laughs> I don't feel like, no, just get somebody else. I, I, don't, I ain't go to seminary school. I didn't even graduate. I mean, come on, help me now. Send somebody else. I don't know no karate. You know, I don't know tactics. I don't know any of that stuff. Send somebody else to do this. And then, watch verse 14. It says, so the anger of the Lord was, God got mad at that time. Because, see, at some point, you know, if you keep, first of all, the reason why God is using you is because God wants to do a miracle through you. You keep deflecting God trying to stretch your faith. And just like with Moses, sometimes God gets a little put off with us. All right? You see it in verse 14? So the anger of the Lord kindled, and he said, look, is not Aaron, I can see God saying this. <laughs> I see him saying, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? All right? I know he can speak well, and look, he's coming to meet you right now. God said, I'm going to solve all this. All you got to do is just leave. Uh, Aaron going to do all the talking for you. All right? God is trying to stretch him to do something out of his comfort zone. Well, you know what? I can't lead that ministry because I've never led men before. You know, I, I, I don't think I can teach. You know, I don't think I can teach children. You know, I, you know kids are kind of finicky. I don't know if I can teach kids. God said, look, just do what I tell you to do. That's all God wants you to do. Okay, we keep talking about that. We're going to transform this community. Well, you know, ain't nobody ever did that. There's always a first. And why not us? I mean, think about that. Why not us? All right, and that's the mindset that we got to have. God told him that his brother's coming. He said he's going to do some signs and wonders. He said, take that rod with you. I like that text because it says when he kept saying, okay, God, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I got the speech impediment. God said, what is that in your hand? So I, I say this to you often, what's in your hands? Because everything you need is right here in the word of God. All right. So Moses, for fear of his life, realizing that he murdered a person was on the run. Didn't you answer when you first started your business? Did, was there some fear? How do you feel about that when you first started? Well, Pastor, it was, it was some fear. It was a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, just trying to navigate and, and grow a business. Uh, just and trying to get the customers, you know, the Mm -hmm. Want to buy into what you're trying to sell or the product, um, so like I say, it was a lot of unknowns. It was some, like I say, fear, uh, trust. You know, in the beginning when you first start a business, a lot of times people don't trust you. There you go. And, um, as your business grow and continue to grow, now you build a trust in people as they see you around in the community. You know, so then they start trusting you with bigger projects. Like mm -hmm. In the beginning, some some companies, so I experienced where um, a lot of the commercial contracts. They don't trust a new business because they don't know if it's going to be in business next year. And then there are some people that are always trying to hustle you. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, you know, uh, you know, can you give me a discount? Can you give me a break? You know, we good at that. You can go in a store. You can go in a store. A friend of mine, he owned a clothing store in Kalamazoo. And it was always amazing that people would come in there and try and say, man, I can get this in Detroit for $100 cheaper. Well, go to Detroit and get it. Always about a hustle. All right. Understand this. God has works for you to do. Right. God has works for you. This is what the Bible says. Help me with this. Dean Tatum uh, on page 15. Philippians uh, one and six um, tells us what God has. But go ahead and read that verse for us. OK, you got that. All right. Let me let me read it. OK, there it is. Being confident in this very thing that he which has begun a good work. Watch this now. 
and you will perform it until, it until the day of Jesus Christ. There it is. If God started it, he's going to finish it. All right? And God will put you in a situation when you define you won't have no joy. You won't have no peace. You won't be at a rest, and everything else you're trying to do, it's going to crumble until you do exactly what God told you to do. Anybody remember Jonah? God said, go, to, go and tell them Ninevites that they need to get their act together. And while God was talking, Jonah was snuck down and took on all. Did he not? He went down and got a ticket. He didn't even fly. He went down and got a boat, got on a boat. And the Bible says he went down to Joppa where he went down and got a ticket and went down on the boat and went to sleep. He thought he was getting away, says Taylor, first lady. He thought he was getting away, but you can't get, God's arms are too long. You ain't going to get away from God. Y'all remember them days back in the day, Sister Celeste Simmons, when we was kids and your mama told you you was going to get it, and the first day you didn't get it, you thought that she was done. And just when you went to sleep, she came right in there and pulled them covers back and let you have it. God don't forget. All right, God does not forget. So here Jonah was. Jonah was. Jonah got on the boat. The boat went down in the sea and took on off. And Jonah thought he had it made. But God prepared a fish with no digestive system to swallow. It's not a whale. I know people say that. But the Bible said God prepared a fish. All right. And first of all, when you defy to God, you can cause adversity in other people's lives. Because notice when Jonah was on that boat, the boat was reeling and rocking like a drunken man and all their cargo was going over because of, because of Jonah. And then they start praying to their gods and say, wait a minute now, this ain't our God, it's got to be somebody else's God. That's what they said for real, okay? And they say, wait a minute now, this joker, he's sitting over there in the corner asleep like ain't nothing going on. He's snoring over there. Let's wake him up and see what's going on. Jonah knew what the problem was. He was being hard-headed. Just like some of us. We know what the problem is. It's us being hard here. So Jonah said, look, okay, look here, look here, look here. Check this out. What I need y'all to do, just throw me over down in the water and y'all will be okay. All right? So, so at the end of the day, Jonah, once he decided to surrender to God, the, the whale, the whale, when the whale swallowed him, went down to the bottom of the sea. All right? And Jonah surrendered. Now, get this now. When Jonah surrendered, the whale came back up and spit him out. And Jonah, when he got spit out, he went running. He didn't miss a beat. When he spit, he hit the ground and started running. All right? All right? And that's what God is waiting for some of us right now to do. Get to running. There's an assignment waiting for you. All right? Has God commanded you to do something? You keep finding reasons not to do it? Because it's easy to make excuses, right? It really is. Uh, how does it feel when you think you had a legitimate reason and God told you there ain't no legitimate reason? Because, I mean, come on now, don't get quiet. Because real talk, we've all had reasons why we can't. You know, I, I'm doing too much as it is right now. God say, you're doing exactly what, I've equipped, what I have equipped you to do. It's easy to say I'm tired. God said, I give you strength. Didn't he say, they that wait on the Lord shall renew your strength? But before you can get the renewal of your strength, I'm tired. I ain't doing nothing. I've been working all day. My bunions hurt. I, I don't feel good. We always got a reason. All right? So the thing that I want you to understand is God wants you to do some things. To do that, he wants to strength. I get it. You might get tired. Because we all get tired, humanistically. But in the tiredness, God can still stretch you. And that's the thing we got to understand. Let me just kind of get some thoughts from any of our deacons if you want to chime in. Help me with that. Pastor, I know for a fact when God is stretching me because I'm always out of my comfort zone. Okay. Um, the other day I was at uh, Flying J and I met a young lady behind the counter and uh, I bought lunch for one of my workers and she said... Um, Wow, nobody buy me lunch like that sometime. That gave me the opportunity to ask her, do you go to church? Mm -hmm. So if you step back a little bit in the lesson, you said, God, uh, sometimes he wants you to buy something or sell something. Well, I bought lunch 
but I sold Jesus Christ. There you go. So there's a lot you can do uh, when God stresses you. You just have to step out of your comfort zone and mm -hmm. do what he asks you to do. Mm -hmm. And, and, and for us, we've got to understand now, you know, sometimes when you look at a situation, it can be the exact reverse when God is dealing with you. Sometimes, you know, and, 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 and what Dean Tame is talking about is he used something very simple to open the door to do the invitation. All right. And I'm saying to you, sometimes God will position you with young people, um, with older people, with friends and loved ones, simply at a family reunion simply at a gathering, simply at a grocery store to, again, invite them to accept Christ. You at the grocery store, they there, y'all clash into each other. You know, God opens that door. That's stretching your faith. Because, you know, most people think the only place you can share Jesus Christ is in church. Think about that. They only think the only time you can share Jesus Christ. But lights don't need to shine in here. He said, let your light shine in darkness. Where is darkness? It's out there in the world. All right? So, so what God wants us to understand is starting something means rely on him, trust him through the process. Remember the verse? The verse says being confident of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That means if he started it, He's going to finish it. Can I give you another scripture, Deacon Yancey, to help me with that? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. Watch this verse. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead of our Lord Jesus and great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Now watch this verse here. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing mm -hmm. in this sight. All right. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, did you get that verse? Let me make sure you get it so you can't say you didn't see it. He says, he says, may he make you perfect in every good work. God said, whatever you need, I'm going to supply so you can get the assignment done. That's what God is saying in that verse, Sister Trump. He says, I'm going to make you perfect in every good work to do. God said, whatever you need. Now, that simply goes with Philippians 4.19. My God said, supply all your need. God said, whatever you need to get the assignment done, I'm telling you to do, it's already on the way. We just saw that with Moses, right? Moses said, God, I can't talk. God said, boy, be quiet. Your brother coming. God, how am I going to go against Pharaoh? He said, what's that in your hand? Whatever you need to do the job, God will give it to you. But many times we void that because we keep making excuses. It's time to stop making the excuses, okay? Um, every time God gives you an assignment, that does not mean it's going to always be easy. But God promises, and lo, I am with you always. He didn't say that life would be a, a bed of roses. I know we think that as Christians. Mm -mm. It's not until you get saved that Satan launches an all-out war against you. All right? Here's another person, because I know we got a couple minutes. Gideon. Anybody remember Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and chapter 7? You, there again, I want to tell you why, why Gideon came in place. Gideon came in place because the children of Israel, there again, were being true to their nature. When things are going right with God and everything is okay, all of a sudden they backslide. And start doing evil again in the sight of God. So God said, okay, fine. I'm going to send the Midianites and they're going to run all over y'all. All right? The Midianites chased them out of their homes, out of their cars, and chased them into the caves, chased them into the mountains, everything they had. The Midianites were so numerous that when they brought their, their cattle, their sheep, their, you know, whatever, they pretty much just looked like, grasshoppers devouring everything. So the children of Israel are crying out, and God does respond. Now watch what he does. He sends Gideon to the rescue of his people, all right? They were, they were pretty much dirt poor. Now that's amazing to me. Now get this, Sister Blanche Williams. When you came out of Egypt, you was filthy rich, right? Now you're dirt poor. Anybody see a problem with that? 
You go from being filthy rich to dirt poor. Why? Because you were defiant to the, the person that blessed you with everything that you had. So here he is now. God is saying to him, and you can see it in the outline if you follow along with us. You can see it over on the next page where now God has said to Gideon, I want you to start a movement to get rid of the Midianites. All right. It's right there. Judges chapter six, uh, verse 11, down through verse number 13. What does Gideon do? You can see it. Watch this. It says, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, uh, which is uh, in Oprah, uh, that pertained unto Joash, the, the Abazite, uh, and his son Gideon thrashed wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. He was hiding the food that he was e even getting. Why? Because he did not want the Midianites to come and snatch it. Watch this. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, verse 12, and said to him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty son of valor. He said, what the what? The Lord is with me, mighty man of valor. Wait a minute now. Watch, watch Gideon's response in verse 13. It says, And Gideon said to him, O oh, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Y'all see this? All right. And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? Yeah, the Lord did that. But the problem is y'all was hard here. See, we do a lot of deflecting when God is dealing with us for doing mischief. We try to say it ain't my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Right. That's what getting is doing in this text. He said, wait a minute. Now, I can't be mighty because if I was mighty, then you would have made a way for us to do this stuff. So ultimately, God charges him uh, to go and lead the children uh, at, to overcome the Midianites. Now, here Gideon is, again, making another excuse. What's the excuse? Uh, first of all, it's only about a 1,000 of us, and we ain't got no money. We ain't got no resources. We ain't got no weapons. We ain't got no toothies. We ain't got nothing. How do you expect us to win this battle? All right? And, and listen, let me say this to you. Quite frankly, it didn't matter what they had, all right, because God had already decreed that the victory was theirs, all right? I'm saying the same thing to you. Stop trying to make excuses when God has already told you to do something that he's already given you the victory yeah, yeah. in. That's part of our issue. So Gideon, Sister Redeemer, still afraid after God sent him on a covert mission um, to test him because God said, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and knock down the, the temples or the, um, uh, or the uh, landmarks of Baal. Make them mad. All right? So he does it over, under the cover of night, and they know he's done it, but he's still reluctant. So what does he do in Judges chapter 6 and verse 36? He's still scared. All right? He's still scared. So what does he do? Watch this verse. He says this in Gideon chapter 6, verse 36. It says, And Gideon said unto the Lord, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. Mm -hmm. And if the dew be on the fleece uh, only, and, it's, uh, and it be dry upon the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand. As thou hast said. Now this is a this is quite a stretch itself. He's literally asking God to do a miracle. Can you think about that? Okay, God, I want the fleece to be wet, but I want the ground to be dry. And what does the text say? And it was so. For he rose the next morning uh, and thrust the fleece together and wrung it out, and a bowl of water came from it. I would have been sold right there. Right? I would have been sold right there. But that wasn't enough, Brother Brooks. That wasn't enough. Just like with us. Well, that can't be the Lord. Okay, Lord, if it's really you saying that, then, Lord, when I go down to get that Lexus, let me just walk off with the Lexus and don't have to pay nothing. Because we'll test God in some crazy ways. And the Bible says you shall not test God. All right. We ask God to do something. Lord, you know, if Lord, if it's really you, Lord, I really want to be a blessing to people, Lord. You know, Lord, this one, Lord, let me hit the lottery. 
and I take care of them. We test God. All right. So what does he do? Look at verse 39. Verse 39 says, and Gideon said unto the Lord the second time. He said, okay, Lord, let not thine anger be hot against me, and I'll speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon the ground let there be dew. All right, and the text tells us this. It says, and God did so that night, for it was dry on the fleece, but the ground was wet. If that's not confirmation, what else do you need? All right? And let me say this to you because we got to quit. Sometimes God, because sometimes God will tell you to do something, right? And then you start questioning God, and guess what? God will send somebody over to your house, and they'll speak the very thing God told you. All right? They don't know. They ain't heard nothing. And you still questioning God. You said, God, give me a sign. Your sign just walked in the door. Right? Lord, I, you know, Lord, if you just give me a sign. God say, I'm talking to you right now. What other sign do you need? And sometimes we do the same thing. Well, you know, I'll do this if they do it. Sometimes God don't want you to wait for them. Sometimes God wants you to start. Because, see, God may be talking to you, but he ain't talking to them. All right? And so for us at this point, you know, God wants us to understand we got some phenomenal work to do in this community. We cannot wait for other churches, and we cannot wait for church folk. It's got to be the disciples of Christ. Until we do that, we're going to be in stagnantville. We're going to be stuck or stuckville, if I could use another phrase that you can connect with. Or let me make it more personal. You're going to be stuck. Because God is not going to move you until you do what he said. You, you're going to say, okay, God, that, that was a tough assignment. Let me just move to the next one. God said, nope. You're not going to get another assignment until you can complete the one I gave you. Right? How are you going to try to go to the 12th grade and you ain't past the 6th grade? It don't work like that. When you get to the 12th grade, it's at a totally different level. To get to that level, you got to master some stuff along the way. That's, a, that's what we call the stretch zone. Let me have our deacons give us some concluding thoughts as we close out. Pastor, um, this lesson, I love this lesson, because as your faith is being stretched, um, you just got to continue to trust God, give it to God, and just let God work it out and give you the strength and the encouragement to continue to endure the day-to-day -day struggle. All right, all right. Dean Taylor? Pastor, I also found out in order to be your faith to be stretched, you have to know something about God. Mm -hmm. You just can't be... Uh, believing in something that's not going to happen. You have to know that God's going to do something in your life. And the only way that you're going to know that is to study his word, mm -hmm. pick up the Bible every day and see what God has done and be a witness for him. And when you're a witness, you give other people faith. You know, and at the end of the day, understand this. When God is stretching you, your spiritual senses become sharpened. Your spiritual sight becomes sharpened. Your spiritual ears become more tuned because now you're listening for God to help you operate in unchartered territory. I've never been here before. I've never done this before. I'm just trusting God. That's all God wants you to do is trust him. And when you trust him, you can get out on that water and start walking. All right. Now, start worrying about whether your little suit going to get wet. Stop worrying about the water splash your hair that you didn't paid forty dollars for to get done. It's gonna shrink back up, and now you gotta get it done all over again. You're looking at too many things. All God said is get out that boat and start walking. So my question to you is, how many of you are water walkers? And what's the evidence? Because there ought to be some evidence. It's, I mean, you can talk a game all you want. But until we see some evidence, faith without works, amen. All right. Hey, let's take a brief break. Again, thank you, Deacon Tim, Deacon Yancey, again, for helping. Thank our audience, again, for participating. Those of you that's tuned in, come back in about 27 minutes and some change. We're going to be ready for the worship on the day. Again, we're looking forward to a great time in the name of the Lord. Be blessed. We'll see you shortly. Ashley Marie, sing, daughter.